You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. And salutations there, D-Casters. My name is Andy Neal, and you are listening to the Extra Magic Hour, a Disneyland Resort podcast brought to you by the D-Cast, the official podcast feed of the Disinsider.com. And, of course, right now, there's nobody at Disneyland. Right now, we're all at home. We're looking for things to do. We're working from home. And we wanted to bring you some positivity, some good stuff. So we have a lot of amazing interviews and conversations and episodes coming out every day of their work week here on the DCAST podcast feed, the official podcast feed of the DizInsider.com. Right now, today, with the Extra Magic Hour, we wanted to bring you this amazing interview that Brooke had with Cassandra Chavez. Cassandra Chavez is a two-time Emmy Award-winning director and choreographer, but you may know her from the Disneyland parade that's just dropped a few weeks ago before everything shut down, of course, uh, magic happens at the Disneyland resort. This was an amazing conversation and had some amazing insights on what happened and what, what was going on with the, the production of magic happens at the Disneyland resort. I'd encourage you all to check it out. Make sure you follow to Sandra on the Instagram. Of course, go to Sandra Chavez on Instagram. You'll find her. She has some great posts. She's an amazing person. I got some amazing insights listening to this interview, getting a chance to produce this interview. So with that, guys, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, which will be me talking about our sponsor. And then we'll get into this interview that Brooke did with choreographer Sandra Chavez. You are listening to the Decast, the podcast that covers all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm Brooke, and with me today is two-time Emmy-winning choreographer, the founder and director of Unity LA Dance Company. Uh, those in the dance community will certainly recognize her work from shows like So You Think You Can Dance, World of Dance, Dancing with the Stars. She has choreographed for Mariah Carey and J-Lo and Janet Jackson. Her latest concept video for Justin Bieber's Habitual is out. And of course, our Disney Parks fans will recognize her as the choreographer of the brand new parade at Disneyland, Magic Happens. To Sandra Chavez, how are you doing? Hi, Brooke, I'm amazing. Thanks for that really sweet and lovely introduction. Of course, I'm I'm a really big fan of your work. Uh, what are you doing? What? How is the situation <laughs> right now affecting your ability to create? Gosh, well, what am I doing? I'm currently doing nothing. I've had a lot of days where I'm just home, relaxing, catching up on Netflix. Um, I think this situation is obviously really crazy and intense and very serious. Um, but I've sort of taken it as a sign from the universe to just reset my brain and meditate and kind of refocus my goals on what I want to do moving forward, which has been a really beautiful thing. You know, it's not often that choreographers and dancers in our business get to just sit and do nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of other choreographers doing live streams on Instagram every day, like putting out all of their choreography. And I always think like, that's 
crazy to be still going at that speed. So it's good to know that you're getting to relax a bit. Yeah, I'm kind of taking the opposite approach, but I do admire a lot of my colleagues who are out there and just getting the community to dance and move around, even in the comforts of their living room or, you know, some people are like pushing their dining tables aside and dancing, which I think is really cute or even dancing in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I think it's adorable. And I think dance universally connects us and um, it's just a beautiful way to connect and remind ourselves that we are alive through this quarantine process and we don't have to feel alone, which is really cool. Yeah. With dance, we truly never are alone in the universe. I like that. Never, never. Now, what's your background with Disney pre-Magic Happens? Were you a Disney fan? Did you go to the parks or watch the movies? Oh my gosh. Huge Disney fan. I think like every American, I grew up watching all the fairy tales, Little Mermaid being my favorite. And Mm. I would always go to Disneyland Park and just feel lost and and alive in this fantasy world and every time I'd watch the parades I'd be like one day I want to choreograph a parade like that like that would be such a dream come true and it was funny because I was actually at the overnight rehearsal when was it a few obviously before all this coronavirus stuff happened um and they did their last overnight and I went and watched and I literally when they came out of the gate and they were doing my choreography and they were so invested and committed I literally like teared up and started crying because it was just this full circle beautiful moment of this you know childhood dream coming true and it's not often you get to say that you know it's like I I put it out in the universe and it happened That's, that's truly incredible. I had a friend who was working the overnights and before I knew that you were the person behind it, before I knew anything about it, she knew that I was a dancer and texted me, Brooke, you are going to love this choreography. So it was really cool to see all of that. Uh, What, what was your journey like as a dancer and choreographer? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's it's been a long journey. Oh, I have to go back and actually answer completely answer your question. So, I oh, also yeah. I choreographed for Disney about 8 years ago or so and I did Disney Dance Crew, which was basically like two hip hop crews battling each other and Mickey doing hip hop moves, which oh my gosh. was so fun. I don't know if that you was, ever saw that show. That was in California Adventure, right? Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes, because I I didn't go to California Adventure a lot as a kid, but I went once and I remember seeing the tail end of that show and being like, oh my gosh, Mickey is doing hip hop dance moves. So that's so cool. It it was so, so cool. So that was kind of my first project with Disney before um, Magic Happens. And then I've also done like an industrial for... um, Disney TV. So I've Mm -hmm. done a few projects and I've always really loved working for Disney because they're just so kind and organized and awesome. And they, and they truly believe in their brand, which I'm just fully a supporter of. Um, I can't say enough amazing things about them. So I just wanted to um, give you that history on Disney dance crew. That's so cool. (laughs) I would have never guessed that, but it makes sense looking at things. Uh, To people who might not be familiar with the dance world, a choreographer's style is really like their thumbprint or their calling card. It's so unique and distinct. And 
on that, how would you describe your dance style? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I grew up training in all forms of dance. Um, it, it Really everything except for ballroom, I would say. So my work is, you know, a fusion of everything I learned. I started dancing when I was five and I took tap and jazz first. And then once I became very serious about dance, I started mm-hmm. doing ballet seriously and then modern. And then I went to a performing arts high school. Um, where I really did it all and and started choreographing. Um, I started choreographing when I was 11, and I started Unity, my dance company, when I was 15. I just had so much to say, um, expressing my own voice through dance. So I would call my work a fusion. Uh, a lot of people call it contemporary hip-hop. I I don't really like to label it. I just mm-hmm. say, you know, it's it's a blend of everything. Yeah, and I see that, too. Uh I know Magic Happens was developed, it looks like, largely by outside talent. Uh, people like you, uh, Todrick Hall wrote, David, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, David <laughs> Petrushin of Drag Race did the makeup design. Which uh, was so amazing. Oh like, my gosh, yeah. It was one of the things I noticed when I came to the overnight rehearsal. I just was looking at these girls going, oh my God, their makeup is on fire. It was beautiful. Yeah. It's just one of those moments where you hear all the people behind this and go, oh, that makes sense. Aw. How did you get this role in Magic Happens as the choreographer? Ironically, so I am friends with Todrick Hall, who did the music, and I had choreographed a few things for him a few months before Magic Happens came about. And um, they were Jordan Peterson, who's the creative director, was looking for a choreographer to bring it to life. And he had already signed on Todrick Hall. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, who? I, I believe he just said, you know, who should I be looking at for this? And and Todrick Hall immediately said my name and was like, she is so amazing. You would love working with her. She's perfect for the project. And so Jordan was like, great, I'll look into her. And Jordan looked at my stuff and I guess he really liked it. And he called me and interviewed me and, and, um, we hit it off right away. Like once I heard his voice and his passion for the project, um, I was like, oh, I can totally work with you. Yeah. Uh, if if I may ask, what did you choreograph for Todrick right before this? It was, he was doing a small tour, I believe, for Gay Pride. Mm -hmm. And he just asked me to choreograph to a couple of his songs. And he had always been a fan of my work. And I was like, sure. And I sent him a few clips of choreography to his music. And he's like, oh my gosh, can you come in and teach my dancers this so we can do it on our small little tour? And I was like, sure. That's so epic. Yeah, I I came across your work originally through... So you think you can dance uh, the Alex and Yaya piece that you did? Oh, uh uh-huh. I remember seeing that. And then in more recent, not episodes, but in more recent choreography, the Derek and Julianne Huff Sia piece. So I can Ah. see how that translates over to to Todrick as well. Yeah. What was this creative process like after you were signed on, were you at the dance audition? Were there any restrictions or rules you had to follow in creating this? 
Um, well, f- so it was first for D23, which is your guys's big convention, which I didn't even mm-hmm. really know about. It's such like a massive event. Yes. Um, it's massive. Like I had no idea. Um, but anyway, so Jordan brought me on to do the choreography for the piece and he had a really clear vision and he was like, this is sort of the beginning seeds of it. And then we're going to develop it into the parade version. Um, and I got to work with, um, uh, Jordan Fisher, mm-hmm. who was the lead for that performance. And it was more kind of like a pop star performance, you know, all these dancers behind Jordan Fisher, sort of like on the AMAs or Billboard Awards. And, yeah. Um, it was super, super cool. And uh, we just brought it to life for stage first. And then once that process happened, Jordan was like, that was incredible. And so what this song and parade needs, I'd love to bring you on to do the parade version as well, which was um, really exciting. And I loved working with the dancers. I was not a part of the audition process. Um, Jordan selected them, but he has a really keen eye for knowing what's going to work. So uh, mm-hmm. he brought them on and they were so sweet and hardworking. Yeah, for sure. I know uh, one in particular, I'll shout out Christina right now. She's wonderful. Uh, (laughs) Yes, shout out. (laughs) uh, But yeah, I did see the Jordan Fisher performance at D23. And it's so interesting seeing the motifs that you use then, all of those reaching motions and how it really hits the beats when that part drops. Uh And now seeing how those puzzle pieces fit into the actual parade is so cool. Yeah, it was interesting because obviously, you know, I do a lot of uh, television and stage work, but choreographing for a parade is its own beast in itself. Like Mm -hmm. there were things that I learned behind the scenes where I was like, wait, they're going to do this like 25 times. And I'm guessing that number, I'm not sure the exact number that they do it, but it's something astronomical. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, they're going to have to do Sandra Chavez choreography 25 times, which is already intricate and hard and, you know, full out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I might have to tone it down a little. And Jordan was, Jordan Peterson was cute. He was like, nope, don't tone it down. Do you make it amazing? They will rise to the occasion. And that's just what I love about him. You know, he's, He's trying to reach that next level and, and really elevate Disney and, and have them evolve, which is awesome. Yeah, Jordan is super passionate about his work. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the first day that this parade was open to the public to view, uh, something happened with the floats and the, do you call that opening unit the magic entourage? Yes, yes. <clears throat> okay, the magic entourage had to repeat your choreography at the beginning of the parade route for about like 10 minutes or so. No. so oh yeah. my, they were probably dead. They probably were, but they were such pros and it was crazy to see that happen. There are videos you can go back and watch. Um, but one thing I really like is you don't always stick to the typical parade format. I see that there's a lot of um, formations that you make specifically like the circling around or the featuring of certain dancers during certain parts that aren't typically implemented into parade choreography. So was that just like intentional or something that came about because of your style? 
I think it was both. I mean, I think when I hear music, I dream it as if, you know, I'd want it to be the most magical thing that I would ever watch. Mm-hmm. And usually it, it it's created in my brain and then I sort of output it on the dancers. Um, also, I don't know if you noticed how amazing the costumes are, but yes. because there were so many like unique, different types of costumes and characters, I was like, why wouldn't I highlight them and feature them? And that was Jordan Peterson's vision as well. He was mm-hmm. like, you know, we've got the ballerina, we've got the twin girls and these awesome guys. And and he, he, we were very collaborative in that. But I just felt it was so needed to feature all these awesome costumes and characters. And in order to do that, we kind of had to, you know, make a V where one person's forward or make a circle and that girl is center. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think it's cool to highlight dancers because so often dancers are behind an artist. They're not the actual attraction. And I am a huge advocate of dancers being the stars. So I like to make them the actual attraction and go, no, they're the stars. How cool are they? Watch them. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) I know how important that is. Um, The LA Times even wrote an article it titled, Come for the Princesses and Stay for the Interpretive Dance. And Aww. I thought that was so funny. Um, yeah, all of that just culminates into what Parks people would probably refer to as Tokyo quality, which makes sense because Jordan Peterson did parades in Tokyo as well. Gotcha. Uh, But Tokyo quality refers to the Tokyo Disney parks and how good something is. It's a scale of blown out of the water good. So, yes. Yeah. So they kind of set the standard. Is that what I'm hearing? They do uh, in in parks entertainment. So you have been uh, deemed Tokyo quality parade. (laughs) Oh, that is really awesome. Yeah. I saw the article and I was actually Jordan texted it to me and, um, I was so flattered and, you know, I, I believe when you're doing something authentically and with so much love that people can't help, but feel that, you know, even if you're not a fan of dance, you're going to watch it and go, that comes from an honest place. And I can tell this person who created it, the people doing the costumes, the person doing the music, they all had such authentic passion and love for it that how do you not smile and enjoy it? Yeah. Uh, Another different thing is there's an intro moment with the dancers, which we haven't seen in a parade yet. Normally, like in the Sensational Parade, there'll be intro music and then a beat will hit where the gates open and that's when the parade starts. You have your magic entourage come out and start the parade just by themselves. Was that a a decision that you made or was that, how, how did that happen? That's a good question. Well, the music actually that Todrick created has intro music and, Mm -hmm. and Jordan was like, oh, we can't really drop the energy down and repeat the intro. So it's just going to sort of loop where that beat drops. Um, He goes, but we can start with it and then just keep looping from there. And I was like, oh my God, can I like do an intro moment, like in front of the gate? And he goes, oh my God, totally. And I was like, okay, well, what does this gate look like? Because I hadn't seen a parade in years Mm. And he goes, our team will show you where they'll be coming out of, what they'll be in front of, you know, where their entrances and exits are. And and he goes, yeah, play, do whatever you want. So 
I created sort of this intro moment to kind of start it out and, um, yeah, be like a fun intro to this is, this is what you're about to experience. Wow. Uh, do you have a favorite part of the parade and a perhaps trickiest part of the parade? Ooh, do you mean the entire parade or in terms of magic happens, just that number? The, oh, cause I forgot the, there are technically two songs in the parade. Magic happens. I, uh-huh. I mean, in the entire parade. In the entire, oh my gosh, I loved it, by the way. It, there's just so many cool moments. But you know what I was blown away with? Because I, again, I haven't seen a parade since I was a, probably a little girl, to be honest with you. Oh, wow. The, the caliber of floats yeah. were insane. Like the float with the LED screen mm-hmm. and just the detail that went into each float was my favorite. Um, just going, wow, this is truly next level stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part. Um, all of the floats, like literally float after float. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> the team behind all of that is insane in their attention to detail, truly. You can tell. Oh, gorgeous. And then was there a trickiest part for you in creating your choreography for the parade? Yes, I would say the trickiest part uh, was figuring out how to travel all the choreography, but still keep it intricately woven to -hmm. bring the music to life because there's a lot of cool beats in the production of the music and you don't want to water that down. You want to bring it to life, but also you have to keep them moving at a certain pace because you've got floats uh, trailing right behind them. So you can't stay stagnant. And then also for me, I didn't want to keep them in really boring formations moving throughout that. And so I was like, okay, how many formations can we hit and how many formations can we do while moving? Um, so that was tricky, but also tricky equals fun for me and anything that's challenging equals fun. And so this will go down in, in history as one of my favorite and most fun projects for sure. That's so cool. So outside of parade, including parades, but also (laughs) outside of that as a whole, what to you makes a great dancer and what makes great choreography? Oh, wow. Um, I'll do choreography first. So for me, great choreography is actually really simple. Um, I think a lot of young choreographers look at other people's work and go, oh, I want to be like that. But that's actually the opposite of what you should be doing. You should go, how do I, how do I maximize being me? Because oh. if you're you and you're authentic and you hone your skills and you refine your skills, they're going to translate and they're going to translate to the masses. Um, in addition to that, I would say what makes a great choreographer or even great choreography is just bringing the music to life Mm -hmm. and realizing that you don't have to do necessarily a million moves to bring the music to life. If the music is really mellow and quiet in a moment, it's okay to hold your arm up for four counts. But then if those beats are going crazy and that ignites your soul in a certain way, then, then you, you know, go crazy with your moves. Um, so really riding the wave of the music and, and, and staging it in a way that feels seamless to what the music is doing is what makes great choreography. And you really have to remove your ego and go, this isn't about me and, and how do I shine? This is about how I make the dancers shine 
how I make the costumes shine, Mm -hmm. how I make the music shine, how do I make the makeup shine. It's about making that whole picture and puzzle piece come together in a way that shines. So when you analyze it, it's really not about the choreographer at all. Um, So it, it takes a very selfless choreographer to be a great choreographer. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then dancer, gosh, to be a great dancer, (laughs) um, for me personally to dance and do my work well, you have to be well-versed in all styles. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to have good technique, but good hip hop skills. Um, you have to be a great performer and a superstar and confident and fearless. I look for dancers who are really hardworking and positive and just eager to please. I will take that kind of dancer any day all day over a diva who thinks they're too good to work on anything because yeah. even you know as long as I've been doing what I've been doing I just am never good enough to receive feedback or constructive criticism and and keep improving that's what makes the journey so fun so I like really humble hard-working dancers who are fearless I like that answer uh, <laughs> do, do you have any advice to anyone wanting to enter the dance world. I know that that can be really tricky navigating studios and auditions, but entering the dance world in Disney or beyond, do you have any advice for them? Yeah. Uh, Be fearless and don't be afraid of no's. You're going to hear a million no's before you hear that magical yes. Mm -hmm. And you really have to have thick skin to be in this business. But as long as you love it, you will succeed. You just have to keep showing up and you have to keep training. A lot of dancers come to LA or go to New York and forget that you have to keep training. You have to keep exercising those skills um, to keep improving. And that's a life lesson, in my opinion. As a choreographer, I have to keep pushing my skills. And, And if, you know, in any field, don't you have to keep training to keep getting better? Of course. So yeah. I would tell dancers to really believe in themselves and, and have tough skin because it's it's a tough business. I'm not going to lie and say that it's all rosy, um, but you got to love it. And if you don't love it, you're not going to make it. Yeah, you're totally, totally right about that. Uh, some more lighthearted <laughs> questions at the end, though. I need to know. Who is your favorite Disney character? Ooh, Disney character. Gosh, I'm kind of a sucker for Minnie Mouse. (gasps) Oh my goodness. You just won my heart there. Minnie is my favorite too. (laughs) I think she is so adorable and cute. And, but honestly, every character at Disney melts my heart. Like, again, I just think the world that it brings you into is such a beautiful vision and a beautiful escape from reality that, um, it's just a fun world to get lost in, isn't it? It truly is. Thank you for being a part of that world. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I keep I hope to keep working for Disney as much as I can. I hope you do too. Well, <laughs> thank you so much to Sandra for uh being here and talking to us. Uh thank you to the Dcast and the Diz Insider for setting this up. Uh, Before we go, is there anything you want to shout out or any advice you want to give? No, I feel like if you're a dancer, choreographer out there, I mean, 
keep dreaming, keep believing in yourself, never give up. And even if dance isn't your end goal, I think any lessons you take in dance, even if it's a small part of your journey, they're going to stay with you for life and help mold you and, and be a really beautiful thing. So keep dreaming. Hey there, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to that interview. And thank you, Brooke, for doing an amazing job. Thank you to Sandra Chavez for taking the time to talk to us about your life, your career, and, of course, magic happens at the Disneyland Resort. Everyone, make sure you subscribe to the Decast and all the various social media networks. Also, make sure you follow, you like, you do all that fun stuff. We're doing five episodes a week now. We're doing everything we can. We have a very special episode coming out this Tuesday with Disney legend, Mr. Floyd Norman. You want to make sure you check that out. Make sure you go to the decast.com or the disinsider.com for the latest in what's going on with the Disney company. And we hope you all are staying safe, washing your hands, doing all your social distancing. Make sure you follow us on all those various social media networks. Again, I'm going to keep saying it because I, I want to be able to connect with you. I want to be able to talk with you all. We have a Facebook group for the Diz Insider where we can talk Disney. Just search the Diz Insider, look for the group, ask to join, make sure you answer those questions and you can come and join the conversation. With that, guys, thank you for listening to this week's very special episode of the Extra Magic Hour from the DCAS and the DizInsider.com.